As a reminder, the information provided in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek advice of your therapist or qualified mental health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or mental health disorder. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this podcast. The host, guests, and podcast network are not responsible for any actions or decisions you make based on the information provided. Now, let's dive right in. Hello, friends, and welcome once again to everybody's favorite therapy theme podcast. This is This Changes Everything. I'm your host, Sarah, and with me, for the very first time, I am so excited to announce, is my favorite guest. It's you guys, the listeners. That's right. You and your questions are going to be joining me today as we discuss relationships and, yeah, answer the questions that you guys have called in with. So I'm sure that you have heard us talking on the podcast about how you can call in and we have a voicemail number and we have so many questions. Our producers have set us up with some great questions here today. We're going to talk about, they've given me a little bit of a hint that there are going to be a a lot of relationship questions. So if you are somebody who maybe has a relationship question or, I don't know, something that's on your mind, have a listen. Maybe you'll get a little help or maybe have, I don't know, a question that's similar to one of our other listeners. And you guys can always call in. This number is, I want you to keep calling. It's fantastic. And I cannot wait to hear these questions. The number for you guys who are listening now and maybe like, oh my gosh, I have a question is 313-338-8828. Call anytime. The lines are open and you do not have to worry. You don't have to talk to an actual human. You just leave a voicemail and yeah, tell us all the juicy details and we are going to answer them. I'm excited. So let's dive right in. We have your questions waiting. Here we go. Does age really matter? So I've been seeing someone who is about seven years younger than me. I'm 30. He's 23. I, first of all, always feel a little bit weird being older as a woman. But I have been hardcore dating for a full year now and men of all ages. When I tell you that this guy is one of the most emotionally open and mature guys I've gone out with, I mean, we can talk about anything. There's no taboo subject. He's respectful. His financials are in order. He's consistent. He's clear. There's no confusion. He even listens to old school music. And I feel like he's just like an old man trapped in a 23-year-old's body. The issue I'm stressing about is about my personal timelines. You know, I am 30. Thoughts of marriage and children are starting to creep up on me. I'm not sure if he's fully there yet. I also worry about what society thinks, what my family would say. Even though he pretty much embodies everything I would be looking for in a partner, I get hung up on the what if, and I almost kind of start gaslighting myself into thinking I'm settling, I can do better, and it just feels like such a toxic cycle to continue to put myself through, you know, to focus on things that I'm not really sure truly matter at the end of the day. So my question to you is, does age truly matter? What a great question and what a great place to start with our listener voicemails, because I think this is a question that so many of us have asked ourselves before or a you know relationship experience that many of us have been in. I know that I've been on both sides of this. I've been on the side where I was the younger person in the relationship. When I was married, I was married to somebody who was eight years older than me. And I've also been in a relationship with somebody who was six years younger than me. So at the end of the day, age 
ha- is just one of the factors in compatibility, really, right? There's like so many different reasons why we get together. And it sounds like you guys have some really good, strong connections. And it sounds like you guys are on the same page emotionally and you communicate really, really well. And these are the kind of things that make for a really good relationship. You know, we get so many messages they are usually from like people who don't really matter. So, so well, shouldn't say people who don't really matter. Sometimes they're friends and family. And although their opinions matter and they do matter, how they feel about your relationship doesn't really matter. I mean, if they feel like maybe you are a different person when you're with them or losing yourself in the relationship, then maybe that's something where they can share those feelings. But just a person's general feeling about the age difference in your relationship should not be a reason for you to think about like, oh, I should leave this person because my aunt Sue thinks that we're too many years apart? I don't think so. It sounds like you guys have a good emotional connection. But one of the things that I do want to talk about that I think could be maybe where you're feeling a little bit of this uh, struggle or maybe this back and forth are the concerns that you have around the personal timelines, like marriage and children. So the other things that you had talked about were these you know, external factors or external messages, things that maybe other people are saying about the relationship, but not things that you two are disagreeing on within the relationship. Where that's different is with the personal timeline. You know, having a difference of opinion or difference of, not even opinion, but like belief on what is next and what phase of life you're in and what the goals are for yourself and what you want as a couple is something that you guys are going to have to explore and navigate and have some really honest discussions about. According to the Gottman Institute, which is a couple, the Gottmans, who are experts on relationships, uh, they have titled these kind of issues as perpetual problems. These are things in the relationship, issues in the relationship that are likely to persist throughout the entire relationship because they are rooted in a fundamental difference of like whether it's like values or goals or uh, timelines, you know, life experiences, things like that. So, you know, unlike solvable problems, which we can just fix through compromise, you know, you go to some therapy sessions, you'll work on some tools, you do some better listening and understanding, and we can create a dialogue around that and fix those things. These kind of perpetual problems are not fixable. There's no amount of therapy that's going to maybe change your feelings about your personal timeline and when you want to get married and when you want to become a mother and what stage of life you're in. So even though these are going to be really, really hard conversations to have, and they may be ones where it feels like, oh my gosh, we just got together. I can't believe we're already talking about marriage and kids. It's not like a scary talk about the future and, oh, I want to get married now. No, this is a conversation about what your expectations are for yourself in the next few years, what you're looking for in a relationship and in a partner and the timeline that you're on. And those are the kind of conversations that really separate the healthy, functional, good communication couples from the dysfunctional, unhealthy couples. It's the way you guys are communicating these big issues. And so I can imagine, especially when you're getting messages from, I don't know, people around you about the age and and some age difference, that it could 
make that the focus of, I don't know, the issue or that can, can maybe simplify it as, as, oh, well, it's just like age difference. You guys can be different ages and be aligned with life plans and goals and, and what you want. You can also get somebody who's like 10 years older than you maybe and doesn't want to get married and doesn't want to have kids. So to really answer your question, does age matter? No. Generally, age does not matter. It's just one, like I said, one of the factors that's involved in or part of compatibility. But goals and personal timeline is something that absolutely matters. So let's talk a little bit about what could happen. What could the some of the, the consequences of not having these conversations be? I mean, the easiest, the, the on-the-surface level obvious one is misalignment of goals. You know, you guys are going to be on different pages for what you want, and that's not communicated. And that kind of like mismatch or misunderstanding there absolutely leads to feelings of resentment. It could also lead somebody to feel either like they're being held back or like they're being rushed, you know, that not communicating it. And maybe sometimes I've seen people do these like little hints here and there where they like avoid the actual conversation. They avoid the real communicating of their feelings and emotions around the subject and instead want to drop like subtle hints like, oh, well, you know, I guess we're never getting married because, you know, if, if you want to do that. And it's a way to avoid direct communication and I, 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 as somebody who uses this technique myself, you know, I want to say it's a pretty creative way, but guess what? It never works. It's so much easier when we are direct and when we talk about these really hard things, it's kind of like ripping off the bandaid because, you know, giving those little messages or, or sending those little hints that the other person definitely isn't going to pick up on or will pick up on incorrectly usually leads to feelings of pressure and stress by that person who's like getting all those messages that, you know, the other person wants something that maybe they're not ready for. And that causes a whole bunch of anxiety in the relationship, which leads to just more and more dissatisfaction, communication breakdown. And like I said, fighting about a bunch of other bullshit that usually doesn't even matter. So yeah, there you go. That is my official answer that no age doesn't matter, but yes, phase of life and alignment on those kind of goals absolutely does. I will say there, there is, even though this is not the situation that our listener is in where they called, I will say age absolutely does matter when because of that age difference, there's a whole bunch else that you are not compatible on, you know, like if there is, and this is usually what I should say only what I've really seen when I'm like watching reality television and I see those guys who are way too old to be dating the women that they are dating. And I'm like, what are you having a conversation about? You know, and I don't want to generalize, you know, sometimes it's women dating younger guys too. But I, I think about the things that the 24 year old females I know are interested in talking about. And I think about the things that the 40 something year old men I know are interested in talking about. I think that they are incompatible in many other places than just age. So if you guys are compatible in a whole bunch of other ways, and it's just the age where other people say you're incompatible, then it's not a really big deal. But 
that is the time where I do think age does matter is when you're not compatible in a bunch of ways because of that age. But that is very different than why our listener called in. And I think that, you know, we've, we've gotten a pretty good answer to our first question. So, uh, thank you so much for that one. I hope that answers your question and I wish you guys the best in discussing your life goals and plans for the future. Okay, let's take a quick time out. You know, if you guys have been listening to the show, one of the things I always talk about is how much I love saving money and how much I hate getting ripped off. And Mint Mobile is the solution to both of those things. There are so many different wireless companies out there that are charging us an arm and a leg. And I'm like, for what? So Mint Mobile is the solution. They've cut out the cost of retail stores and passed those sweet savings directly onto you. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans for, are you ready for this? 15 bucks a month. So say goodbye to those overpriced plans and their jaw-dropping monthly bills. And all these plans come with unlimited talk and unlimited text, high-speed data delivered on that 5G network that we all love. You can also use your own phone, which I think is really important on Mint Mobile's network. So get this new offer, guys. What are you waiting for? Get your three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. That's right. Go to mintmobile.com slash TCE. That's mintmobile.com slash TCE and cut your wireless bill to $15 a month. I love that. Mintmobile.com slash TCE. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions may apply. See Mint Mobile for details. All right, time for our second question. Let's hear it. Producers, roll that tape. I have a question about the future of my relationship. I'm looking to seek some clarity on what you think I can do in the current um, day to try to understand what I can do in five years when my significant other wants to move abroad back to the country he was born in. I think there's a lot of questions surrounding children and marriage and the children being away from um, their grandparents or my my parents and um, just what type of things that we should explore as a couple to make sure that this is the right decision as moving abroad would be um, quite a change of pace for me. Thanks so much and keep up the good work with what you do. Okay, another phase of life or like goal planning question. You know, I I like this. Our listener really sounds like a planner to me. She's somebody who said, what can I do in this current moment to plan for five years from now? So you sound like somebody who really likes to have a plan in order, know what's going on, have some predictability about the future and something like moving to another country is like the complete opposite of that. It comes with so much change and so much unpredictability and things that would need to be discussed. And I could imagine that this topic, this conversation, and you know the ideas of everything that's involved with this would bring a lot of worrying thoughts to somebody who likes to plan for the future and likes to you know have an idea of what's to come. Okay, so probably to nobody's surprise, One of the first things that I'm going to say is one of our favorite answers to pretty much every relationship question is, of course, communication, communicating, 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 like over communicate all of the thoughts and feelings around this. 
And maybe even that, that conversation is a difficult one to start. I know for myself, whenever there is a really big, important, I don't know, relationship topic that needs to be discussed, I will often start having this conversation in my head and play both sides, but very poorly because all I have is my uh, guess on how the other person will respond, which is often rooted in a fear of how they might respond. So here I am planning this conversation, how I'm going to discuss these things in my head with my partner and all the while getting more and more anxious and feeling more and more defensive and feeling more and more worried about how they might, I don't know, like tell me I'm wrong or or say something invalidating or, I don't know, be really dismissive. And my anticipation of how they are already going to like reject what I'm going to say gets me so emotionally wound up that I can't bring the best version of myself into that important discussion. So so I think step one, even before entering into that conversation or communicating this with your partner or discussing these feelings together, is first you exploring what this would mean for you and really uh, like writing down and identifying the fears and the worries. And it helps so much when we can put this on paper. You know, I am a big, big fan of coming into any important discussion, especially in a couple situation with notes. Come in with your own little like bullet points of issues that you want to address or feelings that you have, because when you're able to write it all out and have a clear understanding of what you want to communicate, you can do a little more work on emotional regulation. You can feel a little more prepared. You can reduce some of that uh, like intense emotional reactivity that you may have to your partner's response to some of these feelings. And yeah, so definitely get a good understanding of what you feel about this. And then sit down and communicate these feelings. You know, I think this is a great place to use the communication formula. So that goes, uh, it's kind of like communication Mad Libs. I feel blank when you do blank and what I need is blank. And we fill those in with a feeling and the action and then the request for future actions or behaviors. So we're going to switch it a little bit uh, for this situation. Say, I feel blank discuss the feeling, like maybe I feel fearful or um, nervous about blank, and then discuss the issue. Uh, I feel nervous about moving to another country, and what I need is blank. And then in that last blank, maybe you discuss the compromise that you might need or the action that you would want your partner to take in addressing some of these feelings or fears or whatever that you may be having. And, you know, of course, it's going to be a much more um, deep and emotional conversation than just like your simple feelings Mad Libs, but that's a good place to start and it's a good place to just get the conversation going so that you can discuss some of your fears and come up with solutions together. In a situation like this where it's like one partner has one idea of, of what they should do and maybe the other partner is a little resistant or maybe has a different idea, it can feel 
like you guys are on opposite teams, but it's so important to remind yourself that at the end of the day, you guys are in this together and that you are on the same team. And if you think of the problem as the enemy and as the thing that is the issue that you're fighting against, that can make some of these conversations easier as well and help you guys both get on the same page. And it's not you not wanting to go and him wanting to go that's, you know, battling it out. It's uh, the idea of the future and both of you guys battling that together and this like unknown future and, and making one that benefits both of you. And you guys can look at that as the problem. How do we attack this issue of both of us, you know, maybe wanting different things for the future or maybe having to make compromise in our relationship and look at that as the problem so that you guys can feel a little more on the same team and, and something that sounds like you guys are kind of coming from different places. Because at the end of the day, like the ultimate goal is to have a healthy, happy relationship where both partners feel like they, uh, you know, are living a life that's in line with their goals and what's important to them, just like we said with the first caller. And this listener is going to really feel some resentment if she makes a decision based on the needs of her partner without considering her own needs. You know, it sounds like this being the place that your partner grew up, uh, some place that he's really familiar with or really comfortable with. And it might mean a big culture change and a big shift for you. So those are important things to talk about and kind of battle together, like, and remind yourself that you're on the same team. Um, yeah. Okay. What else? I have some other tips. Uh, I think especially when it comes like specifically to traveling and moving to somewhere, I don't know, unfamiliar and, and very different from maybe where you live now, it's so important to research and explore the place that you're going to move and really imagine yourself living there. You know, think about the changes that it would mean and not all bad. You know, sometimes if, if you're somebody who's maybe a planner and really worried about the future and uh, what could possibly go wrong, we look at all of the like change that has to happen and all of the ways things would be different and the ways things would be uncomfortable, but it could be easy to forget about the ways that saying yes to this might bring really good change and the positive things that could come with all that change. So when you're getting your feelings out and when you're doing that, you know, like, uh, making that list of the things I want to communicate with my partner and things we want to talk about, maybe it, is important to also explore some of the positives for you. You know, some of the things that might be changes for the better. I mean, I don't know, maybe you're moving or like thinking about moving to a country that has a uh, better healthcare or better like early childhood education. So instead of spending a bunch of money on childcare, you're spending money or saving that money and you could fly the grandparents out and bring them out for, I don't know, little extended vacation where, they get that time together, you know, which of course is different from with if they're like right down the road or you live next to them, but is like a compromise where there's something also to be gained in this situation. So where is your mind as you like think about this next five years? Is it an open mindset where you're thinking about all of the positives and, you know, also maybe some of the negatives and, and thinking about all of the change that could come from this, both good and bad? 
Or is it something that's like just creating those fears of the unknown and creating a lot of anxiety? And maybe we're just focused on how things would be different and what we don't like about that change, that it's not really, uh, you know, giving a lot of space to talk about the positives. So, yeah, like maybe take some time to uh, have an open mind about the place that uh, your partner is thinking about moving. And is there a curiosity that you can have about what that life would look like? And we can all imagine that if we go into something thinking, I hate this and I'm going to hate it and it's going to change everything and it's going to be hard, that it's going to be really challenging to find the good and identify like the, the positives. So see if you can look at it with an open mind rather than looking at all of the ways that things would be different or would have to change. Cause that's a big part of, um, I don't know, like exploring what this future would look like. You know, maybe you even have the opportunity uh, to visit the country. Like, is this, it would be very scary to move someplace sight unseen, or it would definitely be more challenging if it's a place that you have not visited and you're only imagining in your mind. You know, if there's an opportunity for you guys to just visit there, maybe envision what your life would look like there and see how that place aligns with your goals and values and what you want for your life and as a couple. And then, of course, you know, after you've kind of explored the possibility of living there and you've, you know, communicated your feelings about it and you've even tried to have an open mindset about some positives that this change may bring, uh, it's so important to also discuss compromises. You know, if you have a partner who's like, I want this move and we're doing this and that's it, I'm putting my foot down, no questions asked, like, or no room for debate, I should say, that feels icky and unhealthy and, and not so good and will probably lead to feelings of resentment for you and him and because you've like self-abandoned and forgot about your own needs in there. And I can absolutely say that I have experienced that where like the, the times where I have sacrificed my own needs or not spoken up and not been clear and then it puts me in a situation where I'm so resentful of the person that, uh, you know, I feel put me in that situation when really I'm mad at myself because I didn't like stand my ground or I didn't push back or I didn't, uh, you know, fight for my needs. And really I'm mad at myself because I've, like I said, self-abandoned in those situations. So we want to make sure that you're not doing that. We want to make sure that you are communicating your feelings and that there is an opportunity for compromise in this. How can you get your needs and your concerns addressed in this situation? Like maybe there are options of like him just going there for an extended period of time if you don't want to live there. So there are ways that you can handle this. If uh, or start discussing this and start planning for this, even though I do recognize that it's like five years in the future. And part of me wants to tell you that like we can't get too dead set on five year from now plans because man, 
things change. I can remember 2019 when I had a whole bunch of plans about how things were going to go. And then we had a pandemic. So who knows what's going to happen? But what we do know is that you can work on addressing those feelings and communicating all of this and working on potential compromises right now. So um, how exciting for big change in your relationship potentially. And I hope this answered your question. Thank you so much for calling in. Let's take a quick time out to talk about one of my favorite sponsors. Is bread just the best or what? And lucky for me and lucky for you guys, we have wild grain subscription boxes where that amazing, like, it smells like it's straight from the bakery bread and turns my whole entire house into a delicious scented bakery. Bread just shows up on my doorstep. It's so easy. It's so delicious. And man, not all bread is created equal because now I cannot buy the crap, sorry, at the grocery stores. I love my wild grain bread. You just pop it in the oven. You bake it for about 20 to 40 minutes based on what you have. And now they have more than just the delicious breads. They've got pastas. They've got pastries. And you can now fully customize your wild grain box. So you can get any combination of breads, of pastas, or pastries that you want all in one box. If you're like me, get a box of all bread or all pastries, or maybe a box of all pasta if that's your thing. Plus, for a limited time, you can get 30% off of your first box, plus free croissants in every box. These are my favorite things. So uh, free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCE to start, start your subscription. You heard me, free croissants in every box and $30 off your per- first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCE. That's wildgrain.com slash TCE, or you can use promo code TCE at checkout. Delicious. All right, on to our third question. I'm just loving all these. If you are listening right now and have a question that you'd like answered, you can call in. It's 313-338-8828. That is that number again, 313-338-8828. Call in. All right, third question. Hi there. Um, I first wanted to start off by saying I absolutely love your podcast, and um, I find it very helpful for um, answering questions, especially when I feel like I can't um, go to therapy at the exact moment. It's very helpful to kind of get um, your opinions on everything. And I feel like I've learned a lot about uh, ways to navigate relationship and life in general through your podcast, which is awesome. Um, But my question uh, relates to BPD, uh, Borderline Personality Disorder. And I was wondering if you guys could touch on this topic at all. Um, Speaking from experience, I find relationships obviously very difficult with BPD. And um, I am feeling a little bit hopeless with it that I'm never going to be able to be in a healthy relationship or even a healthy connection um, with this with this illness. So um, I guess my question is, is it possible to navigate healthy connection with BPD? And um, if so, do you have any tips or uh, just suggestions or insight um, with the illness in general? Uh, Thank you guys so much. Love your podcast. Bye. I love this listener. Thank you so much for calling. This is exactly why I wanted to do this. I'm going to get teary-eyed because this is somebody who 
themselves lives with BPD and is like, I want to be in a healthy relationship, but it's really hard and I struggle with that. How brave of her to be able to be vulnerable. And let me just tell you that being aware of what you got going on and wanting to put effort towards making change is the hardest part of it all, believe it or not, and already shows such amazing strength of character and shows that you are going to be able to have the focus to set some goals and work towards them. You know, it may take a time and with BPD, borderline personality disorder, it is a personality disorder. So it's, it's ongoing and it's something that you will be working on for a long time, but that does not mean that you will not find relief and you will not find solutions and tools and people who will support you and absolutely love you and accept you exactly as you are. There's a great book called Get Me Out of Here, My Recovery from Borderline Personality Disorder by a woman named Rachel uh, Ryland. And the author herself is a person with borderline personality disorder, and she is married. She has kids. She talks about different times that she was in therapy consistently and working with somebody who really helped her and supported her. And then other times where she'd maybe cycle through more phases of dysfunction and things would get a little more tumultuous, but it's a really great story. If you are any, but not story. I mean, it's like, I say story because it's a book, but it's a real person's life. Um, if you have anybody in your family or love somebody with borderline personality disorder, or you yourself have been diagnosed or, you know, feel like maybe you have some similar symptoms, that this is a great book to show that you can have that life that you want, that it takes work. It does take energy, but in the same way, a lot of us, everybody has to put energy in, in different ways. I have ADHD and it is severe and I have to work daily. It is all the time, constant forever to function in kind of a normal way, but that is okay. That doesn't mean that there's anything fundamentally wrong with you or not deserving of love or being in a relationship. If anything, what I hear is somebody who is willing to put in the work, who cares so much about being in a relationship and wants a healthy relationship, that they're willing to go to therapy and listen to therapy-themed podcasts and work on themselves. And isn't that the most attractive quality of a person ever? I know it is for me. So I want you to just remind yourself that we are all works in progress, that everybody's got their own shit that they're dealing with and that they bring to the table and that they're like, look at me, accept me. And that there is a lid for every pot and a key for every lock and a person who will love you and accept you. The person that we all have to start with as, as cliche as this is, is ourself. And the more we work on being the best version of ourselves for ourselves, the healthier relationships we find ourselves in. So I think you focusing on like regularly doing the things that support you being the healthiest version of yourself, whether that's 
a certain diet or meds or whatever your doctor's got you set up doing or regular therapy sessions, or maybe it's intensive outpatient, whatever is part of your recipe for success, keep working on that and set yourself up for the best chances in a relationship. And I think just like con consistent therapy, I think anybody, my, my advice with anybody with BPD is to keep going to therapy, is to just keep doing the things that allow you to challenge the thoughts that tell you you're not enough or that people won't love you or people will leave because those are just thoughts and thoughts aren't facts. Good question. And thank you for your vulnerability. I love you. Okay. Well, a lot of the questions that I get asked are often about communication because sometimes saying what you want to say is really, really hard to do. And sometimes the words that we want to express can best be said only one way, and that is through song. But I am not clever enough to write a song. And luckily, I have Songfinch, which is this amazing and adorable service that allows you to customize a gift and communicate what you want to say in song form, the ultimate gift, if you ask me, to show how much you care, an original studio quality song inspired by your story that's completely unique, personal, and lasts forever. I have a bestie who I just wanted to celebrate and I wanted to give her a gift that says, I care and I'm thinking about you, but something that's more than, I don't know, a thing, something that she can like like it says, have forever. So I got my friend a Songfinch song. And this is great because for a limited time, Songfinch is now letting my listeners listen or upload the song on Spotify for free. So you can listen to the song, this like adorable song that you get custom made everywhere you go. You can listen to it anytime you want. So go to songfinch.com slash TCE, check this out and start your song. After you purchase, you'll be prompted to add Spotify streaming to your original song for free. That's a $50 value. And this offer is only available for my listeners at my special URL, songfinch.com slash TCE. That's songfinch.com slash TCE. Don't wait, get started now on the cutest gift. Oh, I should play you guys the song. It's adorable. I'll put it on my Instagram. Okay. All right. Let's move on to our next caller. Hi. I just listened to your episode on attachment styles, and I already do. I am an anxious attachment. And my question that I would absolutely really love to get help on, sorry, I'm emotional, is how do you get your partner to really try and understand your attachment style and not get mad about it, um, thinking you should just be able to control it, you should be able to handle it on your own. How can you approach your partner and, and ask them, you know, I, I need you to try to understand me or how I am. How do you do that? How do you get, instead of them getting upset or crabby about it? because I'm finding it very difficult. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they get very frustrated by my anxious attachment. And I don't know if there's like a book or an article or I 
been looking online for some sort of resource for your partner when you're an anxious attachment style person. So just really <laughs> could use that help. So maybe you'll answer this live. I sure hope so. Love your podcast. Oh, that's so hard. One of the things that I hear in that is like, how can I get my partner to understand this? That could be one of the most frustrating things is when all you're asking is for somebody to understand you and see you and accept that this is who you are, especially when it's something that you don't probably want to be anxious in your attachment, but it just is how you are. This is where couples therapy really helps. These are hard conversations to have without a mediator there. They're hard conversations to have without getting defensive or like we heard in with that listener on the phone, without getting emotional. It's hard because it is linked to things that are deeply rooted. Our attachment styles are developed as a child. And so the reason that we quote unquote are the way we are is because of the things that have happened to us, the things that have happened to you creates that. So in order to communicate or, or help your partner better understand your behaviors or actions, it helps to show them or, or give them information on how they were developed and what kind of things and messages you got from your parents or in the environment you were raised in that led you to having those fears, that led you to feeling worried that somebody is going to leave or needing constant reassurance in the relationship. Having somebody really take the time to understand us and being able to communicate and, and explain the situation or what happened that made us how we are is what increases empathy. When somebody can understand how we got here, they can have more empathy for some of those behaviors and some of those anxious attachment reactions. Here's what each person can do. It is on our listener to be aware of her triggers and how she responds to those triggers and the ways that she can tell herself that this is not the same as past relationships or ways that she can validate those feelings for herself and she can look at the relationship. What are the signs that this person is giving me that they do care and that they are committed? What are the signs that they are not and really not creating stories. So that's what our listener is responsible for. Then our listener's partner has to accept and and raise their empathy for the things that have happened to our listener to create that. And then that person is responsible for hopefully being a little more aware of how their actions may be playing into those triggers. The partner doesn't necessarily have to totally understand. Yeah, I get why you'd be like that in order to recognize how their actions may be triggering that or maybe similar to that. For example, one of the things that Eli and I go to therapy 
for is exactly this. We go to couples therapy so that he can understand, we can really get a good idea of what are the things that trigger me. One of the things that I am extra sensitive around and emotionally reactive to is anything around bedtime. Like if I'm half asleep and somebody touches me or startles me, then I'm going to have like a really big reaction based on things that happened to me in the past. And that doesn't have to make sense to him, but he has to recognize that sleep is a time where I'm going to be more sensitive. And maybe that's not the time to uh, startle me or something like that. So that's where that comes in. We raise the awareness so that both people can have, a, 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 well, awareness of how their actions are playing into those triggers or how we may be responding to those triggers. But that statement of how do I get my partner to understand this, we can show them, we can communicate it to them in a healthy way, but then it's their choice whether or not they want to put in the work to manage their own behaviors to help those triggers or to work with an anxious attachment style in a relationship. And I have a feeling that person's probably an avoided attachment style because those two often find each other. So I hope that helps. What I want you to remember is this is a difficult conversation to do alone. It is so helpful to use a therapist, even if it's just for one session and we're just going to talk about this subject matter, having support in, in having that conversation is really helpful, but really it's just communicating the behaviors or patterns in your family and the things that you experienced that when you were younger that created that attachment style. And hopefully that can raise your partner's empathy and with that is understanding as well. Okay, let's take a break from our questions. I'm actually getting a little hungry, and I feel like as soon as I talk about this, I'm going to get even more hungry. I'm talking about Chomps. It's always great when we have a company that is, hey, we'd love to work with your show. And I'm like, oh, I already have been enjoying you and your product for so long. Chomps is my go-to when I need a delicious snack that's on the go. If you have seen any of my videos of snowboarding or camping or hiking or anything that I'm doing outdoors, you bet there is a Chomps meat stick in my backpack. This is great for those people like myself who maybe get a little hangry, maybe get a little cranky if they haven't had food for a while. So now there's no excuse. You got to just take care of yourself. And now here's a delicious snack. Enjoy. And right now, Chomps is offering our listeners 20% off your first order and free shipping when you go to chomps.com slash TCE. So go to chomps.com slash TCE to see all the delicious flavors. I'm a big fan of the turkey. There's also a medium spicy Italian one, I think. I It's in a green package. That one's delicious as well. So go to chomps.com slash TCE, see those flavors and get 20% off your first box and free shipping. That's C-H-O-M-P-S dot com slash TCE. And don't forget to use the link so they know who sent you. Okay, let's hear that next question. My question has to do with intuition. How do I know when a gut feeling is correct versus my insecurities just kind of coming out and trying to look for evidence to support a core belief that I'm not enough. I just feel sometimes a little bit lost 
and whether or not to trust my gut and trust my intuition or if it's just coming from an insecure place. And that's really where my work lies. And I mean this also in relationships, it's feelings of insecurity or feelings like if someone might be and is interested or not in love with me anymore, like, is it my own insecurities or is it my intuition telling me something that I need to see and my denial and my defenses are just kind of preventing me from acknowledging it? And then, because once I acknowledge it, I have to change something and maybe I'm not ready to change something. I don't know. So, yeah, I guess what are the signs that your gut and your intuition wants the best for you versus it's your insecurity just trying to lead you down a place of Thank you. All right, man. Good question. That is such a difficult thing to piece out. Like what is, what is this feeling telling me? The better we get at labeling feelings and recognizing, am I excited or am I nervous? Is this insecurity or is this a gut feeling? That's how we get better at responding to life, to situations. We get better at managing things. There's no amount of therapy that's going to make feelings disappear. Feelings are there for a purpose, but we learn better how to respond to them and which ones mean what and which ones to listen to. What is your gut and what is just uh, insecurities or doubt? Now, let's talk about this. We're talking about intuition versus insecurity. When you imagine the voices in, which kind of sounds crazy, but when you imagine the voice in your head, when you are having one of those trust your gut situations, it usually stems from a, like I, I, you know, the, what I always think of my intuition voice is Whoopi Goldberg in the movie ghost, you know, and she's like, girl, you in danger. Like that, the gut intuition is like, my gut saying, ooh, this is not a road you want to go down, or this looks not good. I, I think the expression like red flags is such a good one because there's like these alarm bells that go off. It feels more like this warning that's coming from a place of knowing from past experience. To me, my own gut feeling feels a little more like, don't fall for that again versus an insecurity that comes from a place like if you were to even imagine that voice, the voice of a, your gut, your intuition, and you were to draw it out and then you were to take that insecurity voice and you were to animate that, turn that into a little cartoon character or something. That insecurity voice in my mind feels very small, very little, very tiny. And that gut that's like, oh, you better listen to this, feels more powerful, feels like it has more knowledge and wisdom and, and strength behind it. What I would ask yourself, who's talking right now? If this is like an insecure little voice, it's probably going to be like a little kid version of you, that inner child, 
that little version of you is like, oh man, maybe, maybe he doesn't really like us or, or maybe, maybe they don't really want to be my friend. That voice sounds small, sounds doubtful, sounds, yeah, like that, maybe a younger version of us, more scared version of us versus, uh-oh, these are some of the actions and, and behaviors that last time led to you feeling really crappy or things going really sideways. Like, what is this telling you? That voice to me sounds totally different. So I think that that is going to be the secret here for you is maybe externalizing those voices or like creating, giving them a, a shape and a form so that you can understand who's doing the talking. And if it's just you, I know I, I think you said like gaslighting yourself. I, I think it was a very honest and difficult thing to admit but you did it. So congratulations. When you said, once I acknowledge something, I have to change something. Maybe that's what's happening is your gut is fighting with that resistance, that discomfort that comes with change. I always say this expression on here that the certainty of misery is more comfortable than the misery of uncertainty. We are like, oh, you know this, so maybe I should just accept this, and maybe this is just how it is. Maybe these are just my insecurities, and if there's some safety in being in that place and saying these are, are just my insecurities, because you're right. If you recognize that this is your gut, and my gut is telling me that your gut is right and you know what you need to do, I'm just getting that vibe, but it's exactly what you said, and you don't want to change, but you're going to have to do it. And it might mean some work and it might mean some tough stuff. But I, I always say, listen to your gut. Step one, suss out what does, what does my gut sound like? Which is which? Give a voice to it. Step two, listen to the voice. It might mean having to do hard things, as you already said, but that gut knows. There you go. And might as well be Goldberg from Ghost. Man, learned a lot today. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. You know, if you're somebody who's maybe stuck in a rut or you're just like looking to simplify or focus on maybe other things besides what the heck you are going to cook or eat, then HelloFresh is the solution. And they make it super easy. Green Chef and Every Plate is now owned by HelloFresh. So there's a whole array of different uh, types of meals to choose from. And I switch off between the brands. It makes it super easy. So many of the Things that I struggle with are often helped with making sure I get a good breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I need all the help I can get in coming up with ideas. Even the grocery store is really overwhelming to me sometimes. So I absolutely love that HelloFresh is packed with farm fresh ingredients. Everything arrives pre-portioned right to your doorstep. No hassle. You can freeze the plan when you go on vacation. You can up the portions if you're somebody like me who likes to do something where you are only two people in your house, but you get the four family of four stuff. So then you could use hello, the extras for lunch the next day. They make it all super easy to customize it to exactly what you need. I love it, and I know you will too. So go to HelloFresh.com slash TCE free and use code TCE free for free breakfast 
for life. There you go. One meal already taken care of. One breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash TCE free with code TCE free. You're going to love it. Trust me. Oh, okay. Well, let's take a listen to our last voicemail of the day. Hi, I love TCE. I'm listening from Alaska. I'm 26 years old. I currently am trying to figure out my life. I live, I've been in the healthcare field for about um, five years now, and I'm just starting not to care about people. Like, I, it doesn't help that most of my providers are miserable and they hate their job and they complain about patients, but I used to really love medicine and Compared to aviation, where I was able to take flying lessons and I really enjoyed flying and like getting away, you know, being in the sky. And right now I just, I feel like I want to move out of Alaska somewhere different, maybe Idaho with my corgi and just like being away from people. Like I love, I used to love people and I don't understand why I don't like people that much anymore. Is it because of medicine? Should I continue with medicine? Should I do a complete life change? Um, maybe you guys know what is wrong with me. But yeah, thank you. Oh, a sweet thing. First of all, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. You are somebody who is passionate and cares and is interested in multiple things and wants the best and wants to help people and went into the healthcare field with the best intentions and then were met with oh, just the awfulness of what is the medical system. You go into to want connection and to want to make a difference and to want to help and instead you get paperwork and red tape and insurance companies and people being miserable and it probably feels hard to help or like you aren't helping, but oh man, I want to say that you don't have to have it all figured out. You are 26 years old, 26 years old and already doing what you're doing. Heck, I don't even think I went to finish my undergrad until I was well into my thirties and I didn't know I wanted to become a therapist until after that. So it, it takes some time and it's okay if you do different things and if you are changing your mind. And I think this is also another place where one of those weighted pros and cons lists would be helpful. But I'm thinking that there are ways that you can achieve what sounds like your calling and your desire to help people and to improve the lives of others but also do some things for you and also do something that you can get enjoyment from or be passionate about. Your tone changed when you talked about flying and when you talked about like getting up in the air and it sounded like that was a place or a, an activity that you do that really makes you feel like you. I wonder how much of your time right now is given to doing things that are for you. And it might feel like, especially like in a field like medicine, you're just give, 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 give. Those hours are often pretty crazy. And you're sometimes dealing with people at their worst. And 
it could feel like a lot of your energy and time and like heart is going to everybody else that it sounds like maybe you're experiencing some burnout too. And I think this is where an assessment of work-life balance is important. It sounds like they're kind of like stuck in a little bit of a life rut and which, you know, again, let's give ourselves some grace. You're only 26. It's okay. If you were like doing the same thing for like 20 years and you're like, oh, I hate this. I've been stuck in this, but don't worry. This is just maybe an opportunity to create more work-life balance, to maybe identify where your energy is going and can you redirect some of that energy towards something that fulfills this is what I have to say to all my people who are givers and who are people pleasers and who are the helpful kind. It's going to feel selfish, but it is not. So if you can redirect some of that energy to something that you're almost like, oh, God, I can't do this. That, that I'm not doing anything for anybody else. I'm just doing this for me. Yeah. Do more of that. Do a little bit of that. If you found that you have been pouring a lot of energy into doing a lot of things for other people for a long time, See how you can maybe do some things to pour some energy into your own interests and your own pursuits and things that, like I said, are going to feel selfish, but they are not. So maybe some flying, maybe some uh, trips to Idaho with that corgi. Maybe you do a little narrative therapy and write a story about future you about future you living in Idaho, flying with, there's an organization, I can't remember what it's called, but it is with people who are trying to get their hours for being a pilot that I've heard about this from a friend who does this. And they take rescue dogs from city to city and they get their hours by volunteering and flying these service dogs and rescue dogs to people who need them because the dogs need to be transported and they need to get their hours. So maybe you get connected with some organization like that where you're still giving back and you're still volunteering and you're still doing things that help people, but you're also doing some of the stuff that brings you joy and that you're passionate about. So a little less pressure on yourself of having to have it all figured out and a little more work-life balance. And then reminding yourself what it was that got you into healthcare and medicine to begin with. If it's something like helping people, then maybe there's another way to do that also, you know, fills your cup a little more and doesn't create that burnout feeling as much. But man, I feel you that the healthcare is really difficult, really challenging. I say shout out to all of our healthcare workers. You're wonderful. And thank you so much for submitting that question. Be kind to yourself and do what makes you feel good. Ah, man, what a good episode, guys. Thank you so much for joining me as my co-hosts on this one. Your questions were so good and so vulnerable. And I really appreciate, you know, you guys taking the time to call in and it's not easy to ask those kind of questions and, you know, like talk about the stuff that keeps us up at night, but that is what this changes. Everything is here for. So keep your questions coming. I'll give you guys the phone number again. It is 313-338-8828. We absolutely love hearing from you. And 
know that the questions you have are probably questions a lot of our listeners are struggling with. So call in, ask your question. We will answer them on the air because let's be real. It's hard being a person and talking about it definitely helps. And we're going to keep doing that on This Changes Everything. We'll see you next time. 